Welcome to Flourish, Semper's show about UQ student politics. I'm Rowan Evans. I'm Samuel Googie. And I'm Maddie Taylor. Last episode, we spoke to Ethan Banru Douglas, the presidential candidate for real. Today, we talked to Amy Shenkovich Grob, the presidential candidate for the unofficial grouping of students called Empower and previously known as Together. In this episode, we discuss the Empower group's policies, and in the next episode, we'll discuss the Electoral Tribunal's decision to push Empower below the line. Guys, uh, how are we feeling today? Good. <laughs> really? <laughs> like you literally just sniffled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> quite, pur- that was quite purposeful, but here okay. we are. Yeah. I'm yeah. dedicated to this cause. Yeah, it is indeed <laughs> both campaign season and for some reason flu season at this time. It of year. continues. Well, it's a stressful time of year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of the like real. Exams. And- yeah. and maybe I've been drinking too much, but that's besides the point. <laughs> one of the real campaigners, I think, was struck down uh, for two days this week. Um, has been completely out of action since Tuesday. Um, but he's back on the campaign trail. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Don't want to name names. It was Tom Landy. But nice. I'm trying to avoid naming <laughs> Randy, him again. Randy Landy. Previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tom. Hello, and welcome to the Flourish podcast, brought to you by Semper Floriot at the University of Queensland Union. Uh, my name is Sam. Uh, and I'm currently joined by the presidential candidate for the Empower ticket, Amy... Shankovich-Grubb. Shankovich-Grubb. Yeah. We'll just keep that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Amy, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Sam? Yeah, so thank you very much uh, for joining me. Uh, I first want to like learn a bit more about your background and how you became the presidential candidate uh, for one of the main tickets. Uh, so would you be able to, like, I guess, ex- tell us about uh, what you study and what you do here as a student? Okay, so I have been at the uni now for just over three years. Um, I study secondary education and science. Um, And majoring in? Oh, I'm majoring in maths. Um, So I got involved um, kind of by accident. I was involved politically outside of the uni um, and one of my friends kind of dragged me onto a stupor campaign maybe three years ago now, um, had no idea what it was, um, or anything about the union really when I started. Uh, a lot has changed since then. Um, I've worked on Semper. I have been this year the VP for gender and sexuality in the union. And now obviously I'm running for president. Um, over the time that I've been involved in Stupo and like at the university, um, I've become quite passionate about the union and what I think it represents. Uh, I think it's an incredibly important institution. Um, it's the peak representative body for students on campus um, and it has to look a lot to offer students and should be there for students and should be there to improve the lives of students and I'm incredibly passionate about that. Okay, so I guess going back to it, so you first got involved in like politics mm-hmm. outside of the university. Uh, so what made you decide to like to do that to get involved in politics um so i've always loved politics uh i guess i'm quite an opinionated person um i come from a family who is quite involved in politics in the fact that it interests them um so i grew up around that okay um i think maybe uh i guess it would be about just over three years ago now i um i i don't really know i just one day decided that I was going to get involved. I was one of those people that felt that 
if you had an opinion about something and you wanted things to change that you should be part of it stop complaining about it actually try to fix it so uh i guess that's what spurred me on i just one day decided to sign up and get involved in politics um i don't know i don't think at any point it was like the plan was to run for president um i can't pinpoint a specific moment where i was like this is what i want to do i think it was something where i got involved i was already politically active so um politics was important to me uh once i was involved in the union i realized how important it was and it's come to mean a lot to me the union um it's i'm when you're part of the union you you have a unique opportunity um to actually make quite a meaningful difference in people's lives and i think that that's something that's always really mattered to me yeah um and i'm really privileged to have had the opportunity to make a change in people's lives and it um i don't think you can quite describe the feeling when you have actually made a difference in people's lives and when when you can see that difference and when you can see that that difference is going to continue past you and past what you have done um it's it's quite amazing and i think that i've gotten quite a passion out of that that this experience this year is working as the vp for gender and sexuality has been one of the most exper- amazing experiences of my life um and i think that that's sort of what maybe started the feeling that i I guess I didn't I wasn't ready to leave. Um I wasn't done. I wanted to do more. Um and I had the opportunity to run for president and I think, you know, I saw it as a way to keep doing what I had been doing and to do more. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were the VP of Gender and Sexuality. Yeah. Uh so I'm just curious about the, what have you been able to achieve this year that you're really proud of? Um so I guess internally in the union i've tried incredibly hard i've worked really hard with our officers and the collectives i want them to feel autonomous i want them to feel um empowered to um work for students and and make a difference in students lives that's been a, a major focus of this year i'm really proud of how active many of our collectives have been this year and how hard i've worked to do that um I'm also incredibly proud of how active specifically the women's and queers queer collective have been this year. How many social and networking events we've had. For example, um we had a charity event last month with four different female oriented clubs and have raised over $1000 for charity. That was an amazing achievement. I'm also really proud of the sexual assault campaign that I ran this year um with the university. That is a massive passion of mine. Um and i was really proud of how well it has been executed and how well it's been received so um what was that campaign and how did you like interact with the university to achieve that um so i guess going into this year i have been very passionate about the idea of sexual assault and, and harassment and how it can be better addressed especially on uni- university grounds um and i started with a, this idea of a campaign um that kind of focused on everyone and targeted everyone not just a specific group of people not just victims or perpetrators um but the idea of how everyone can um feel like they're part of it like they um should have a partner and how they can actually make a difference um and so the campaign the purpose of the campaign was it's an active bystander campaign and the idea is how can you as an individual make a difference how can you call out behaviors or how can you change your behaviors um and how does that impact on the people around you and actually help change the the culture especially at university yeah so like what did you actually help organize for this oh, campaign okay so <laughs> 
So with the idea of that campaign, uh, Rowan, our Semper editor, started a column in the Semper magazine on active bystander stories. Yeah. So every edition is printed new stories about how people have been active bystanders. We then developed that campaign into a poster and social media campaign with people's stories. I wanted, like, authentic voices. I wanted normal students telling their stories of how they have helped other students or helped other people or how other people have helped them. Um, So we developed a poster campaign around that. We've held events. We had a documentary showing in the Chanel Theatre about active bystanding and sexual assault and harassment on campus, as well as panel discussion, I guess, as an awareness campaign. So yeah, I guess things like that. When you were talking about why I want to continue and why that made me want to be president is that I saw an opportunity to push that even further because I guess if I if I was elected as president um, I think a major thing that I would want to be able to do is work with the university to develop this further and actually reflect on how we respond to victims of sexual assault uh, victims of sexual assault and harassment and how we better support students and how we can actually help students and make a difference in their lives and how we can change policy and the way that we respond to them and how we can support them if that makes sense yeah Okay, so uh, I guess now moving on to uh, your entire ticket in power. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious about, like, so who is in power? Like, what do they stand for? Uh, and I guess what are some of the policies that Empower have uh, that you're particularly, like, you think that our listeners should hear about? Okay. Um, so I guess the Empower ticket, I think our um, our purpose or our, our um, like, mission statement, I suppose, yeah. what you would call it, is um, the idea that... Okay, so you attend your university, but you're part of your student union. And the point of this is that I think no matter who you are, no matter how involved you are in university, um, no matter your background or where you come from or what you're studying or how involved you are, um, you should feel part of something because it's so easy for students um, or young people to feel isolated or alone, feel like they have no support. And I feel like it's on us and on the union to make them feel like they're actually part of something, to make them feel like they are heard, their voices are heard, that there is support, that they can make a difference themselves and that other people can make a difference for them. Okay, now that sounds really good. So how does that translate into the things that you guys want to do next year? Okay, so policies like part-time students. We have a lot of part-time students, right? Um, And I'm a part-time student thing that really irritates me is that I'm a part-time student because I need to financially support myself and I need to work in order to do that. That means that, however, I can't get concession fares. It actually makes a massive impact. It costs me about $60 a week to travel to and from uni and work. It's incredibly expensive. That actually would make a difference in many students' lives if we could get them concession fares if they were part-time students. Things like poverty on placement, the idea that so many students in so many different degrees, business degrees, engineering degrees, nursing degrees, education degrees, have to do placement in order to complete their course. Allowing them to get financial support through that so that they don't need to compromise on whether they're able to actually support themselves or complete their degree makes a massive difference in students' lives. Yeah, so we actually had like Kai and Wu, the, the oh, current, yeah, we actually had him for our first episode. Oh, amazing. I, yeah. I Yeah, and he's been incredibly passionate about this and I would really love to continue that next year and really put policy forward that allows 
students to get financial support. In saying that, also one of our major policies is to provide emergency loans to international students. So many international students, for legitimate reasons, aren't able to pay their fees on time. Um, this means that they get locked out of study, aren't able to complete semesters, aren't allowed, aren't able to complete assessment, finish courses. These students want to complete their course. They want to complete their study. They want to be part of the university and we should be there to support them. Uh, and we want to be able to support them and providing these emergency loans so that they're not uh, disadvantaged or not able to study um, also makes a massive difference in their lives. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess at the debate last night, you did talk about this. Yeah. And I think, like, if you're, like, one week late because yeah. of some kind of, like, money transfer problem, you just suddenly disenrolled at the university. Yeah. Even though you do want to be learn, you are actually here already. Yeah. Um, so the question is, like, should the union be getting into, like, essentially the short-term loan business? Um, I don't right? think it's so much that. I think that the point of the university uh, – sorry, not the university, the, the union – is that we're there to support and advocate for students. So our, for me, entire purpose is to make students' lives easier and better while they're completing their study. That's what we're there for. And I think that part of that is always thinking about how can we better support students? How can we make it easier for them? Because they're here for a reason. They want to complete their courses and they should have an enjoyable time when they're doing it. We shouldn't be making it harder for them. So if that means providing emergency loans to students with legitimate reasons for why they haven't been able to pay their fees on time but can... Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be able to support them? Why is the union getting, like, the one giving out the money? And why can't you just lobby the university? Because it's really the university that's causing this problem in the first place. I guess because I see your point. I don't disagree with it. But also the union, the union can do it and should yeah. do it. I, I, it's a very feasible thing. We're able to do it. We can do it through um, shock. And it is a way in which we support students, which is what we should be doing. Yep, okay. Uh, before we move on, I just have one thing to ask you about. Yeah. Uh, so one of your policies on your flyer is to refurbish the Red Room. Yeah. Uh, the Red Room was refurbished, like, maybe, like, even, like, three years ago. Yes, it was. Uh, so why does it need refurbishment again? Um, I think if you talk to most students, if, if you've been to the Red Room before, it... It's not great. Um, I think a lot of people love having a bar on campus. They love being able to go there, socialize. I think it could be better. I think that we've already tried to improve it uh, slowly, but I think we really want to be able to refurbish it and make it the best it can be, make it um, a hive of social activity, encourage more clubs to hold events there. Um, and all of this is part of like refurbishing it so that it, it feels like a space that students want to use. I want to talk about how, I guess, Amy got involved in student politics. Mm. It was kind of an interesting comparison to hear her uh, compared to Ethan, who said he really just got roped in, like, somehow by his social circles. Mm. But by the sounds of it, that's how Amy, Amy, Amy also got involved. Like, just kind of by accident, like, roped yeah, in through I think friends. it was, like, yeah. by accident, but yeah. I think maybe the point of difference about Amy uh, was that she seemed to talk more about maybe the results that she got once she started, like, seeing the work she was doing and, like, the mm. momentum of that really like spurred her on like more than say her social circles did at that point yeah yeah sure i think um yeah amy is one of those people that really has uh spent a lot of her time in the union 
um, if that makes sense. So yeah. compared to Ethan, who I yeah. think has um, been kind of on the outskirts, I think Amy's involvement in student politics has been... So what do you mean, like, outskirts versus... So Amy has been, so far, a, a SEMPER editor and also a um, uh, the vice president. I think Ethan has spent that time being counsellor and secretary. I think the role of being counsellor uh, is a little less hands-on yeah. uh, because you sort of turn off once every month. Um, so I think it is... Uh, Although to the same extent, I think Amy also wasn't super active as a separate editor. Yeah. Um, she became like the VP of Welfare and Diversity. Yeah. Uh, she talked about a number of campaigns that she did uh, yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. And and to that extent, I don't think the secretary really runs campaigns. The secretary is yeah, really that's involved true. in um, just... Uh, the secretary right. is really involved in the, the political machinations of the union. Yes. Um, that kind of thing. So making sure that meetings run on time. Uh, but Bureaucracy. Yes. And Amy's <laughs> job is very much... Uh, arcing up some people who are like in the collectives like making yeah. sure that everybody's ready to go out and fight for their rights and that kind of thing yeah it's very very yeah. hands-on kind of proactive yeah ad- advocacy type role I yeah think. But even yeah. it sounds like just running events and stuff like that yeah yeah for sure yeah. and i think both of those things are important as president so it's difficult to make a, a real decision on which one is like the better of the two yeah um, yeah yeah sure. so. so what did amy do this year yeah so the uh there was a campaign there that we talked about there. Um, that was the, the Random Acts of Respect campaign. Yes. So um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, but um, not really. So uh, starting last year, I had gone to a, a speech given by a leading anti-sexual assault advocate. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name is Nina Fennell, wonderful lady, um, works at Endrape on Campus Australia. Mm-hmm. And she was talking all about how it's really important that in, in fighting sexual assault, you need to um, create social norms and make it positive. Yeah. Uh, so you create these positive norms that make people see that actually intervening in sexual assault is um, just a normal thing to do, right? Yeah. Like, so everybody does it, and like they, if you treat it in the same way that you treat somebody who's drunk and going for their keys and about to drive home, yeah. Um, you should just treat somebody who is, you know, in a, a difficult situation where they are, you know, being impressed upon by somebody who they may not want to be. Yeah. Um, then you should go and stop that person. Yeah. Um, so, which can be hard to do. It can be hard to identify. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. yet, and yet, when you when we think about drink driving, it's almost an automatic response that you stop somebody from doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet, it's not. We haven't reached the point yet where it is that automatic response. But the what we're trying to do at Semper is really point out to people in just a very conversational way. Hey, like you've probably actually done this before. So like when you find yourself in the situation, do it again. You, you'll like you know it is very normal to do so it's not yeah. like anybody's gonna call you out and call you like a weirdo for doing it yeah like, nobody's gonna turn on you uh, it's yeah. absolutely the right thing to do every time yeah like I, I do this I do this at work a lot you know like I work in a high volume bar that's busy on a Friday and Saturday and if I see a woman who I think is being maybe like wh- whether or not it's actually happening maybe being uncomfortably pursued mm. by a guy I just kind of Give, give her a bit of a nudge and say, is he bothering you? Like, it's it's not it's not super difficult to do. And, you know, as, as long as you're sort of, as long as you're sort of discreet about it, I think it's like such a basic thing yeah. for everyone to be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just this totally normal thing. Like, it's, yeah. you know, everybody's got a story like that, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and so Amy has taken that and turned it into a poster campaign. Yeah. Um, and so you may have seen this one literally outside the separate office. Yes. Um, well, like... 
you know. telling us to look, but our listeners obviously can't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a, a, a if you ever find yourself you. outside the office. Yeah. So there's a, a poster out there right now that says, uh, I am somebody and I can make a difference. Uh, yep. And there's a couple of the other ones around campus have the actual stories on them. Um, so yes. there's one of my favorites is uh, from fellow separated Nelson Jones. Um, saying, yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah that's uh, good. Yeah, his story is about how he was in the city at the Pig and Whistle, yeah. uh, very drunk, uh, <laughs> and saw some people, you know, having a bit of an argument. Um, and yeah. he runs in and like tells the guy that like how he's acting is not appropriate. Yeah, he really needs to calm down, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then um, ends with the tagline. Um, I'm not a hero, just a good guy in Brisbane on the wrong roads. <laughs> um, and I think that is, yeah, that's, so that's Champion. like, yeah, that's, that's the kind of attitude that like we really want to put out. Yeah. And I think Amy um, did such a great job. Like we had to argue with student services who was funding the, the, the poster campaign to sort of include that line because um, yeah. they tried to remove the, the Rumbos reference. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been, yeah, it's yeah. been really good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so then moving on to Empower. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, what do we know about Empower? Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys think about how they've been uh, running so far? Well, I mean, we've discussed what's sort of happened with them getting sort of tanked below the line, I suppose. Um, but in terms of in terms of who they are, I mean, obviously they're sort of the labour run ticket. Um, in terms of policies, we've got things like um, reducing international student loans. Um, and concessions for part-time students amongst yeah, so other increased things. loans but yeah so, uh, sorry increased in, decreased increased. fees yep so yeah. the, fees yep. yeah so, so the, sorry yes yeah yes. so uh, the way that it was pitched was that there is a basically an interest-free loan I think yeah um, yes. Amy was asked a question about this yeah she was asked about this in the debate yeah. uh, so essentially what it was is that like if you're an international student like I think the example that she gave was someone like they had to pay their like university fees there was some kind of problem with the bank transfers, the interest, like the, the exchange yeah. rates or whatever. Yeah. And maybe yeah. they were just like a thousand or two thousand dollars short. Uh, yeah. But as a result of that, they couldn't enroll in the next semester of university. Yeah. A person who was already here that wants to learn, uh, that has taken classes at UQ and mm-hmm. is doing great, uh, was held back because of some kind of like odd technical problem. Yeah. Uh, so these international student loans, I guess it does make sense. Yeah. Uh, because like this is a yeah. place where like, we can help students. If it's not in large amounts, then it's probably not even that risky either. Yeah. So maybe I'm misremembering, but didn't we cut a lot of these, Sam? Uh, we did. Yeah. Uh, so there used to be lots of loans. Uh, and there also used to be just straight up grants. Mm. Uh, but they tended to be smaller. Uh, and there yeah. were mainly things for like, you can't pay your rent this week and right. then you'd have to come up with some mm. kind of rent payment plan. Yeah. Uh, and it did like help a few people. Yeah. However, I think we found that maybe the way that we were administering them was not particularly robust. Mm. Uh, and then because of that, like maybe people, like we weren't really that strict about getting people to pay them back and that maybe a few yeah. individuals were abusing it. Mm. And yeah. like keeping this money aside uh, for the year uh, to run this kind of program, uh, I think we put it on hold for like what I was the treasurer. Mm. Um, but that was kind of like a decision that we made like the previous year based on their right. experiences that we honored. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because like it, it made sense at the time. Yeah. As somebody with a bit of an experience, like yeah. worthwhile, not worthwhile. Like I think it is probably worthwhile. I think they just need to make sure they get it right when they do it. They need to make sure they have the right resources to make sure like that it's like legitimate that people aren't abusing the system. Yeah. So like are you are we talking about means testing? Yeah, or even just like some way to like validate that people are not like taking $2,000 out, putting it on red, 
and then like <laughs> come back uh, give you the two thousand dollars and they've like made a quick buck in the meantime right yeah right yeah yeah because yeah. uh, like a bank would do their due diligence but like as a student union like mm. we generally don't have the resources to do that yeah sure. yeah yeah um and so i guess another thing i wanted to talk about in terms of uh, empower and now that we've also had a chance to talk about real in the previous episode mm. so i was walking past the campaigners yesterday with my friend uh and she said that she couldn't really understand what the real difference was between the two tickets right so like obviously like i knew their factional backgrounds and things yeah. like that uh but she like just looked at the flyers uh and just said like oh they're just the same they yeah. don't have any difference. I get that. Um, I, I get that. I think, you know, from a sort of layperson's perspective, I mean, every everyone wants better outcomes for students. And I think a lot of people would kind of agree on how to achieve that. Um, and a lot of people would look at these policies and go, these are all fairly reasonable. So it, it would be kind of hard to distinguish, I suppose, when it comes to, when it comes to voting. Like, you know... These are all good policies, so therefore, how do I how do I vote? Yeah, because um, yeah. like, what's the difference between like, like I think it helps students that when like international students can get loans for these like dire circumstances. Yeah, and I think everyone can like almost universally agree that it's a good concept. Yeah, and it also people could also probably universally agree that when like Ethan talked about it, a larger fund for the collectives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that helping people like in ch- like challenging backgrounds uh, is also a good thing. Yeah, so. Like, is there any real difference between the two groups? One thing to keep in mind is that they, both groups have have had much the same experience in the union. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. they have all seen the way that we were all getting fucked in terms of SAF. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they've seen the way, like, they've... Well, we need an episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They know what it means to, like, actually fight against the university administration in the current climate. Yeah. Uh, which means that they're not sort of, like, uh, what's, they, they don't sort of go at it with this cavalier attitude that oh we'll just simply advocate for this thing yep. uh, that that everybody knows is very unlikely that they'll get um, and, and I think that is super important so so I think one of the things to keep in mind is that one of the tactics that the party will use is that if they know that something is very likely to happen uh, in the next year they are more likely to promise it now so that it looks like they've done something yep. uh, so if you look at their um, their flyers they do both promise like uh, permanent barbecues near the grassy knoll, for instance, uh-huh. uh, and that is like something that has been very rigorously discussed uh, amongst the union and uh, so, with the university. And that's actually going to happen now. Uh, I guess it's like it was a discussion point in my year. Yeah, uh, and it still hasn't happened. Yeah, and I can imagine like I would assume that if they've put it on the flyers, that they probably know that it is okay. more likely to happen. Yeah. And if not, then yeah, maybe it is some kind of ploy to convince the university to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll find out later. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, like, still, like, what is the difference between the two parties apart from the people who are running? Uh, so yeah. when, I, when my friend asked me this, I told her, like, no, that's actually a good point. Because yeah. literally one month ago, they were the same party. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. That is, that is exactly right. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, I would say that empower is i'm actually surprised that real is has this hundred thousand dollar policy for the collectives because generally speaking live back tickets don't support the collectives um whereas yeah. empower in my experience the reform grouping was more likely to support the collectives yeah um, yeah but there are i actually think so that's not a hundred percent the case so basically the liberal ticket 
generally speaking, tries to make the collectives more autonomous in the sense that okay. they have a bit of a, a, a disadvantage <laughs> when it comes to like so so the thing to keep in mind is that the 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 current system requires you to basically have a a queer officer yeah. who is essentially backed by the queer collective i'm not sure is it the case that you can only vote for queer officer if you are a queer person no yeah um so generally speaking they still want the backing of the queer collective and to get the backing of the queer collective you need the queer collective's chosen candidate yeah um, so they have some kind of like primary yeah. vote yeah and in t- it, like in in general uh that queer collective endorsed candidate will generally support only the labor ticket rather than the lib ticket yeah. Um, so in that instance, uh, the the liberal strategy for a while has been to try to make the collective more autonomous, so they can simply appoint their own um, candidate, and that way they don't actually have to go to an election for it, to the yeah. general election. Yeah. Um, so the liberals tend to have a different approach to the collectives mm-hmm. uh, than Labor does. So I think that is one example of the way that they differ. Yeah. Um, I think in the past they've also like I think we mentioned this in like the first or second episode yeah like the liberal back ticket generally like is more focused on like campus culture um uh that depends what you mean as in like they generally are like way more like pro toga parties uh and things like that is it was was my understanding that's not my understanding so i think that well i it's worth noting that empower is also promised from toga party well you see that's a thing right as in like because they were all like in the same team until a month ago yeah they're all like borrowing like oh we'll, we'll support yeah. collectives and we'll also promise toga parties yeah so the reason yeah. that the toga party didn't happen or stopped happening under reform was that it was originally a joint event with qt yes and it fell through because qt Q- wouldn't do it with yeah sure Labor anyway um, so I think they probably have come around and decided that Togo is like good enough. Yeah. Um, and the other person that seems to disagree is Ula uh, from Student Action. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I'm assuming that Empower may take some of the same lines as Reform. That Reform kind of approached things in the same way that Student Services does. Whereas. Oh. Yeah. Whereas Real. Oh, sorry, not Real, but Focus uh, was. I had an attitude of sort of allowing the clubs to be self-starting or like kind of approaching it in the same way that uh, in the same way that the liberals in the federal election <laughs> yeah. might support small business yeah. it is yeah. like trying to support red people. tape and yeah. like free markets correct it is basically trying to help people be like young entrepreneurs and like starting their own uh, you know kind of clubs and stuff yeah I, I resent that <laughs> really tell me more I don't know um it's we, we, we go on and on about how universities shouldn't be run as businesses and yet here we are trying to encourage societies to operate as businesses I guess I think they should I think they should be supported because like you know when societies hold events like you know I've I've had experiences this is the events coordinator for the criminology society like you know the chances of actually making a profit off an event are incredibly small sure. yeah like to actually to actually fundraise we you know you rely on barbecues like yeah. once a semester yeah <clears throat> and it's it's incredibly hard to make a profit off anything as a society so you need to be supported somehow um to encourage engagement i guess um yeah so i think yeah uh, when i say that they sort of support that kind of thing i think they want club execs to take an attitude of being yeah uh, self-sufficient self-sufficient self-starting but, but yeah and that that ends up looking like new enterprises like for instance esports which i don't think yeah. would have happened under a form 
Okay, mm. but like the the parties this year, I don't think are openly or overtly acting in like that kind of way, though. Um, yeah, true. true. So like, I think while we're like talking about like maybe the reform thrive days. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like we're talking about the differences. Like there were differences between、yeah. the parties back then. Yeah, yeah. Right, and students could make a decision based on that. Yeah.、Uh, but today, I would say that. Realistically, you're voting on some other kind of abstract thing of、yeah. who was nicer to you,、yeah. because I honestly can't see the difference so, in policy. Yeah, I think probably there's two factors going into that. One is that,、uh, that, and both of them are probably on the side of empower. So, so it is the case that empower、uh, doesn't have a reason to think that they are going to win the election. So they are not actually putting up. They're not. Putting as much energy into thinking、yep. up new policies, yes,、okay. uh, and it is possible that they simply ripped off the policies that real suggested. So what, when、oh, when, I doubt that, when these flags these flags were printed before the UT happened,、um, well, I don't know. Well, they only arrived on Wednesday. For Curious. I could、yeah. be wrong. Well, they, they they were like at their launch. I don't know. They had placards and stuff. Yeah, but they didn't have any policies on their placards. Did they not? Yeah, I don't、okay. think so. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Then. So、yeah. that's true. That's、yeah. true. Yeah. And the other one that I would suggest might, the other reason that I suggest it might be the thing is that that empower doesn't have a reason to come out with big policies、yeah. because they have more of an incentive to be like, well, real stole my vote. Real is bad,、yeah. anti-democratic. Therefore,、um, trying to create a different narrative that is not policy based and is instead、yeah. talking about. Why we should win the next election? Sounds so much like federal politics. <laughs> yeah, sure. Blue team bad, red team bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Here's nothing on my own policies. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is how Bill Shorten lost the last election. <laughs>、uh, yeah. So maybe the next thing to talk about that、um, Power proposing was to、uh, refurbish the red room. Yeah. So, who thinks the red room needs a refurb? Anyone? I don't know. I kind of,、uh, I kind of like it. It's, it's. I don't、yeah. know. It's, it, it's, it's. How, how, how would you describe the current thing of the red room? Dingy. Yeah, dingy. And I kind of, I kind of like、bar. that. I kind of like that、yeah. for it. Like, <laughs> like it's a student bar. Yeah. yeah like, well, I don't think anything's going to stop it being a dingy dive bar. Yeah. But、um, well, I love the dive. Oh, that's a. I mean, anyway, I mean, Q、yeah. Q's bar. I haven't been there, but apparently it's really nice. But I just don't see. It's also like location, yeah,、right? and like the building you're in. Oh,、yeah. for sure, yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't see the need for it、yeah. to be anyway. Wrong. Nice. <laughs>、um, so I won't name names, but、uh, a female executive、uh, of the union was complaining <laughs> that、uh, after becoming newly single,、uh, there was. Nowhere in the red room to just like go into a dark corner and just have like wild sex. <laughs> All right.、Um, so that was like a suggestion. Okay.、Um, Newly single female executive. Yeah. So I, I can't. <sighs> okay. Then um, and then another suggestion is that、uh, the red room actually just needs like essentially like sound dampening stuff all around the place. Yeah. So, like on the undersides of tables, you can put、uh, like soundproof、uh, materials, and that sort of dampens the acoustics. So, if we go,、right. in, if we were to go into the red room right now, yeah,、um, all of the noise coming from the stage just sort of bounces around. Oh, it is it very does, loud. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it is it is not great for for the ambience basically of the place. So, to like, I think the renovation looks probably a lot like that. Also,、I、have、I、you guys、see. noticed that they put in like astroturf?、Uh, no. no. So if you go in and like walk over to the left,、uh, like as though you're walking over to the balconies,、yeah. 
Um, the, they've put oh. just like green astroturf on the ground. Oh, okay. Uh, and some fairy lights as well. So it's like right. I, have seen I like the yeah. fairy lights. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's kind of a an attempt to sort of remake right that place a bit of an event space. Yeah. So is this is is that what students really want? Like a a so who knows. Yeah. I am I, of the opinion that if there was like if there was a vote on refurbishing the red room that mm. the majority would just keep it the way it is. Sure. <laughs> really? I did you know, but I don't know. That's that's my like opinion. Yeah. Sure. I they do. They do. But I don't know. I think there's like some kind of Yeah. Yeah, Well the current setup has only been there since twenty sixteen. Yeah. When they promised to refurb the red room and then refurbed it. Yeah. Um I was heavily involved in that. Yeah, uh, but I, I, but I think uh, Chanel is kind of a different thing. But people are so like desperate to hold on to Chanel just because it's kind of yeah, it's iconic. And I think yeah. the Red Room is iconic in sort of the same way. Apart yeah. from Chanel being like potentially heritage listed or sure. whatever it is. Well, I mean, it, it stays iconic, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't think the 2016 changes are particularly iconic. The 2016 changes are that I was not present for these. So yeah. the 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 new Red Room yeah. since then is like. Just the red walls and stuff, yes. and like the big gorilla that's been drawn onto the wall, <laughs> yeah. and like all of the writing on the walls, yeah. etc. So yeah. they had this big event where everybody came in and wrote in silver pens on the yeah. red tiles. Huh. So if you come out of the male bathroom, you can see a thing that says, uh, "This renovation was approved by the acting president of UQ Veg." <laughs> me at the time. Um, Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I guess the other thing about the red room was that. Uh, realistically, this entire complex is going to be demolished. Mm. Yeah. So that's why when Focus was running in 2018, they promised that there would be a $1 million new bar. Yeah. 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 Um, I remember that. Yeah. Where is that new bar? <laughs> went really well. Yeah. So it would have been Staff House Road, like Building 41. So it's where the old ANZ was. I think it's now a maths school, like part of the maths school at the moment. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <coughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so Staff House Road is, uh, sorry, Staff House uh, was slated to be the place where we decanted to, where we took the red room, basically. So while yeah. they were they were still planning to knock this place down. Yeah. So, so by this place, we mean the Union Complex. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they were still planning to knock down the Union Complex uh, and basically put the bar in Staff House. And I think that is a good idea. Like, it, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice space, and you're right next to like uh, the natural amphitheater, which yeah. had lots of potential applications. Right. In terms yeah. of like larger 100%. events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in my view, the best thing to do with the new red room would be to essentially give us a stage that you can sort of go in and not have to listen to. Yeah. Um, and then also like create a space where people can genuinely just go in and like enjoy other people's music. Yeah. Uh, create new music don't have to play covers because <laughs> that's the only thing anyone will stand to listen to if they all have to listen to the music. Yeah. Um, so if you've got this place where you can just sort of, yeah, jam and not have to play Wonderwall, um, you can create this real culture of musical exchange, I think, and that's super yep. important. True. True. So, yeah. All right. All right. Um, so, guys, uh, how do we feel about Amy and Empower? I feel, I feel good about Amy. You know, I think she's I, I think she's well-spoken. I think she genuinely believes in what she's talking about. I get that in, I get that impression from her. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I, I think Amy genuinely believes what she's talking about. Yeah. I think she's passionate and I think she is motivated. Mm. Um, I think she did have a tendency to, to waffle on a bit. Yeah. Um, interesting that we're saying that, um, you know, we have uh, 
yeah, we all believe what, that she believes what she's talking about. It's um, good to know that she's not just like an outright lying. And, like, yeah. And, like, or at least if she is, she's yeah, like, like not completely serious. And like, I also think she's like yeah. competent. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even say this. Like when I first met Amy, it was like for budget meetings. Right. Uh, and she was like the most like on the ball person that I right. met out of all the execs. <laughs> one no joke. Yeah. Right. As in like, Definitely. she walked into the meeting, she knew what she was doing. She knew what she wanted to do. Yeah. Everyone else is just like, uh, I don't know. Like, what do I do again? I get like, the impression yeah. she's she's very articulate and organized. Yeah. So this was she, before you finished. Yeah. So this is before I finished yeah. treasurer. When yeah. she walked into the room and she yeah. was like, "I want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. Is this feasible? Is this feasible?" Yeah. Uh, and she knew what she wanted to and do. She's great in that sense. Yeah. And yeah, a true yas queen. <laughs> Glad I look forward to uh, finding out what happens this year with the uh, Empower team. So um, true. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I guess uh, join us next time for our next episode, which will be about the, the team. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.